1: And now, Hebraic Roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International.
0: Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries. And we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, The Themes of Sukkot. This is part one of the series. We are doing a series on the biblical festivals. In this session, we are going to be speaking on the themes of Sukkot. Some of the major themes associated with Sukkot are the following. It is known as the season of our joy. It is known as the festival of ingathering. It is known as the feast of the nations, the festival of dedication, and the festival of light. Sukkot is a seven-day festival. And Leviticus chapter 23 verse 34 and verse 39 it is written, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, The fifteenth day of this seventh month shall be the feast of tabernacles for seven days unto the Lord. Also in the fifteenth day of the seventh month when you have gathered in the fruit of the land, you shall keep a feast unto the Lord seven days. On the first day shall be a Sabbath and on the eighth day shall be a Sabbath. Therefore Sukkot, or the Feast of Tabernacles, is a seven-day festival. It is to be celebrated from the fifteenth to the twenty-first days of the seventh month of the biblical calendar. The seventh month is known as Tishrei on the Jewish calendar, and we're told that the 15th day of the 7th month is to be a Sabbath. It is really referred to as a High Sabbath, and the 22nd day of the 7th month is also known as a High Sabbath, and the 22nd day is referred to as the 8th day, and this 8th day is known as Shemini Atzeret. The eight conclusion. What is a high Sabbath? A high Sabbath is a special designated Sabbath day by the God of Israel that is separate from the weekly Sabbath. A high Sabbath is known as a Shabbaton. It is the Strong's number seventy six, seventy seven, and the 15th and the 22nd days of the 7th month are designated by the God of Israel as high Sabbath. In Leviticus chapter 23 verse 39 it says Also in the fifteenth day of the seventh month when you have gathered in the fruit of your land you shall keep a feast under the Lord seven days. Keep the feast seven days then it says on the first day is the Sabbath and the eighth day is the Sabbath. Keep it seven days but on the eighth day is the Sabbath. The word Sabbath here is the Strong's number seventy six, seventy It is the Hebrew word Shabbaton which is a high Sabbath. It's a Sabbath that is not a regular weekly Sabbath. In Leviticus chapter 23, verse 34, it says, speak unto the children of Israel, saying, the fifteenth day of this seventh month shall be a feast of tabernacles for seven days under the Lord. The word tabernacles is the strongest number, 5521. It is the Hebrew word sukkah. A sukkah is a tabernacle, a booth, a pavilion, or a tent. Sukkot is a festival where we are commanded by the God of Israel to dwell in or to dwell in booze. Leviticus chapter 23 verse 34 and verse 42 it is written, Speak unto the children of Israel saying, This fifteenth day of this seventh month shall be the feast of tabernacles for seven days under the Lord. You shall dwell in booze. Seven days. All that are Israelites born shall dwell in booze or a sukkah. Sukkot is celebrated in association with remembering the historical Egyptian redemption and specifically the wilderness journey in Leviticus 23 verse 34 and then Leviticus 23 verse 43 it is written speak unto the children of Israel saying the 15th day of the 7th month shall be the feast of tabernacles for 7 days under the Lord that your generations may know that I made the children of Israel to dwell in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt I am the Lord your God so one of the reasons stated by the God of Israel of why his people is to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles is so that we would remember that he brought the children of Israel out of Egypt and when they were in the wilderness they dwelt in booths. Sukkot spiritually is given so that we would understand and learn that we need to trust in the provision of the God of Israel. In Leviticus chapter 8 verses 15 and 16, were told a reason for the wilderness journey. It says, Who led you through the great and terrible wilderness, wherein there were fiery serpents and scorpions, and drought where there was no water, who brought you forth water out of the rock of Flint, who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers knew not, that he might humble thee, and he might prove thee to do you good at your latter end. So we're to celebrate Sukkot, to remember the wilderness journey. And we're told about the wilderness journey, that it's a place of serpents and scorpions. And it's a place of no water. And it's there where the God of Israel gives a supernatural provision of manna. And he also brings forth water out of the rock. He does all of these things to prove to us that ultimately he is a God of... mercy and compassion and he shows us that if we are faithful in the wilderness when he will then take us to the promised land Sukkot is trusting in not only the God of Israel when you trust in the God of Israel you are trusting in the right hand of the God of Israel and who is the right hand it is Yeshua the Messiah in Psalm 118 verse 6 8 15 and 16 it is written the Lord is on my side I will not fear what can man do unto me it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man that is the lesson of the Sukkah is you need to trust in God and put your confidence in him the voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tabernacles of the righteous and what's associated with the tabernacles of the righteous and his salvation there the right hand of the Lord does valiantly the right hand of the Lord is exalted The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. So who is the right hand? It is Yeshua, the Messiah. Sukkot is about trusting in the rock of the God of Israel. Psalm 118, verse 2 and verse 31, and then Psalm 78, verses 24 and verse 35, it is written, The Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I trust, my buckler and the horn of salvation, and my high tower. For who is God save the Lord? Or who is a rock? save our God. So our rock is God. Our rock is Yahweh. Our rock is our strength and you put your trust in the rock and he's your buckler, your salvation, your high tower. He rained down manna upon them to eat and he has given them of the corn of heaven. And they remembered that God was their rock and the high God their redeemer. Notice the rock is also the redeemer. And this is Yeshua the Messiah. Yeshua is the rock as he told us in Matthew chapter 7 verse 24 and we're also told in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 1 and verse 4. Yeshua said, Matthew 7 verse 24, therefore whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, that is the Shema, hear, do, and obey. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him unto a wise man that built his house upon a rock. Who's the rock that you build your house upon? That a wise man builds his house? upon it's yeshua the messiah first corinthians chapter 10 verse 1 and verse 4 says moreover brethren, i would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and that they all passed through the sea and they did all drink the same spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was messiah so in the wilderness water comes from the rock the rock is the messiah and in order to be sustained in the wilderness you need water. Yeshua is that living water. Sukkot is associated with the cloud of glory. In the art scroll on the festival of Sukkot on page 9 and page 17 it is written we have learned for in sukkah or booze did I settle the children of Israel when I removed them from the land of Egypt. Leviticus chapter 23 verse 43. The sukkah or booze were the Clouds of glory. These are the words of Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Akiva said they made themselves actual Sukkah booze. So one opinion is that the cloud of glory was the Sukkah. The other opinion is they made literal booze. I believe both are correct. They made literal booze, and the cloud of glory is the booth, the Sukkah, that was with and protected the children of Israel in their journeys. Most commentators identify the clouds of glory as. As the pillar of cloud that led the children of Israel by day And the pillar of fire that lit their way at night And looking how Sukkot is associated with the clouds of glory In Isaiah chapter 4 verse 5 and verse 6 it is written And the Lord will create upon every dwelling place of Mount Zion Remember in our session last week Mount Zion is the conclusion of the journey So what do we see at Mount Zion? It says and upon her assemblies a Cloud and smoke by day, and the shining of a flaming fire by night, whereupon all the glory shall be a defense. So, in Mount Zion, the conclusion of the journey, we see the sukkah, the booth, the God of Israel dwelling with His people, and there shall be a tabernacle for a shadow in the daytime from the heat, and for a place of refuge, and for a covert from storm and from rain. So, it's talking about the provision and the protection of the God of Israel when we dwell in Zion. He is our shield. Succoth is associated with the cloud of glory, as we can see in Exodus chapter 13, verses 20 and 21, and verse 34. It says, And they took their journey from Sukkot, and the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud to lead them by the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. Notice, the pillar of a cloud is called the Lord that's going before them. Then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. So this cloud that is following and being with the children of Israel is also called the glory of God. The glory of God sees and hears. We can see this in Exodus chapter 16, verse 7 and verse 10. And in the morning, then you shall see the glory of the Lord for that he hears your murmurings against the Lord. And what are we, that you should murmur against us and it came to pass as Aaron spake unto the whole congregation of the children of Israel that they looked toward the wilderness and behold the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud the glory of the God of Israel is said to be a consuming fire Exodus chapter 24 verse 16 and 17 it is written and the glory of the Lord abode which is the Strong's number seventy-nine thirty-one. it's the Hebrew word Shekan and a term for the glory of the Lord is the Shekinah. Shekan and Shekinah are related words. The dwelling present upon Mount Sinai and the cloud covered it six days and the seventh day he called unto Moses out of them at the cloud. And the sight of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mount in the eyes of the children of Israel. The tabernacle is the place place of the dwelling of the glory of the God of Israel. In Exodus chapter 25 verses 8 and 9 it is written and let them make me a sanctuary a mikdash that I may dwell among them. The word dwell is the Strong's number 7931, and it's the Hebrew word Shekan and the dwelling presence of the God of Israel is known as the Shekinah. So the Shekinah is going to Shekan dwell. Shekan and Shekinah are are related and associated words in Hebrew. According to all that I show you, after the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the instruments thereof, even so shall you make it. Yeshua is the glory of the God of Israel. In Psalm chapter 29, verse 3, Ezekiel 43, verse 2, and in Revelation chapter 1, verse 8, and verse 15, it is written, The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is upon many waters. Notice it says the voice of the Lord is upon the waters and his glory thunders. And behold, the glory of the God of Israel came by way of the east, and His voice was like the noise of many waters. So the glory of God is described as His voice being like the noise of many waters. Who is this describing? If we look at Revelation chapter 1, verse 8 and verse 15, we can see that it's a reference to Yeshua, the Messiah. It says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, says the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. And his feet, that is the feet of Yeshua, like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. If we look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22, verses 24 and 25, and verse 29, we can see that Yeshua is described as being a consuming fire who spoke at Mount Sinai. It says, You are come unto Mount Zion. Mount Zion is the place of the dwelling of the glory of God and the place of the dwelling of the tabernacle of God and unto the city of the living God the heavenly Jerusalem and to Yeshua the mediator of the new covenant see that you refuse not him that speaks who is him that speaks it's Yeshua for if they escape not who refused him that spake on the earth who is he that spoke on the earth Yeshua and what is this referring to it's referring to the events at Mount Sinai much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speak from heaven for our God is a consuming fire the earth will be filled with the glory of the God of Israel during the messianic era and Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 14 is written for the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea our bodies are likened or associated to a tabernacle a sukkah or a tabernacle is a temporary dwelling. Therefore, we are told that our bodies in this life is temporary, but as we just read, we have an eternal home in the heavens, and we will spend eternity for those who are members of the family of Yeshua the Messiah. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, and then 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1, it is written, Yea, I think it Meet as long as I am in this tabernacle, referring to his body, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance, knowing that shortly I must put off this, my tabernacle, even as our Lord Yeshua HaMashiach has showed me. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Our lives are associated with being a tabernacle in hebrews chapter 11 verses 8 through 10 it is written by faith abraham when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance obeyed and he went out not knowing where he went by faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country dwelling in tabernacles notice that when he was seeking the will and being obedient to the god of israel he dwelt in the land of promise and in dwelling in the land of promise he dwelt in tabernacles for he looked for a city which has foundations whose builder and maker is God so Abraham Isaac and Jacob in living in the promised land physically dwelt in tabernacles physically dwelt in tents or booths but spiritually they were looking to be obedient and do the will of the God of Israel so that's the city that they looked for which has a foundation whose builder and maker is God. During Sukkot in traditional Judaism there is a reading from the book of Ecclesiastes and what is the association with Sukkot and the book of Ecclesiastes? It is to teach you that when you mature in your spiritual walk that you are like Abraham. You look for a city whose builder and maker is God and you lose interest and the material things and pursuing the material things of this world. King Solomon's book of Ecclesiastes is read on the Sabbath of Kohamo-ed-Sukkot or on shemini at zeret if it occurs on Sabbath. The most familiar reason why this book is read on Sukkot is that it describes the futility of worldly striving and extols the virtue of fear of God in keeping His commandments. This is from the Art Scroll on Sukkot on page sixty. So what is the message of the book of Ecclesiastes? It tells us that pursuing this life is vanity. And it says in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, it is written, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all for the the glory of God whatever you're doing on this life make sure it is for the purposes of the kingdom of God during Sukkot you are to take a four species in Leviticus chapter 23 verse 39 and verse 40 we are told about this it says also in the 15th day of the seventh month when you have gathered in the fruit of the land you shall keep a feast unto the Lord seven days on the first day shall be a Sabbath and on the eighth day shall be a Sabbath and you shall take you on the first day the bows of goodly trees branches of palm trees and the bows of thick trees and willows of the brook and you shall rejoice before the Lord your God seven days so these things which we are to take during Sukkot are known as the four species what is the spiritual meaning of these four species they represent four kinds of servant unto the God of Israel and the art scroll on Sukkot code on pages 31 and 32 it is written Israel has many kinds of people the four species symbolizes them all the etrog is a desirable food containing both taste and pleasant aroma it symbolizes righteous people who possess both Torah and good deeds the lulaf the branch of the date palm is odorless but it produces nourishing food it symbolizes the scholar who possesses Torah knowledge but is deficient in good deeds they like studying, but they don't practice. The fragrant, tasteless, myrtle leaf represents common people who possess good deeds, but lack Torah scholarship. They like to love their neighbor as their self, but they don't study the depth of the word of the God of Israel. Finally, the odorless, tasteless willow leaf symbolizes someone who lacks both Torah and good deeds. There is a connection with Yom Kippur and Sukkot. In the Art scroll Sukkot on pages 26 and 27 it makes commentary on this association the connection between the Days of Ah, that is Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah and Sukkot is based on more than their calendar proximity our sages in the various Midrashim point out that Sukkot flows naturally from the cleansing and ennobling process of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur only one One who has cleansed himself through repentance is capable of being imbued with the message of faith and the joy of fulfillment represented by Sukkot. It would seem that Sukkot belongs not only to the cycle of the three pilgrimage festivals, but also to the cycle of repentance and atonement. Well, that's going to conclude part one of the series on the subject, the themes of Sukkot. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen.